This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Mike Breen, welcome back to Against All Enemies. How you been? I've been good, Ken. Good to see you again. So President Trump, former President Trump, issued, uh, I can't even call it a veiled threat, an explicit threat to the DOJ on the heels of the, the latest indictment. And it it's almost like it just washed over us. It's not in the news cycle anymore. And I find that just unbelievable, given how unprecedented it is and the danger it poses. What's your take? I'm with you. Uh, you know, I think we've all become a little bit accustomed to to the former president conducting himself in a in a manner more befitting a, a, a mob boss or maybe a low grade con man. But uh, you know, this is, a, this is something to take seriously. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, an indictment essentially for attempting to prevent the, the peaceful transfer of power, um, an attempt to destroy an American democracy, I and mean, that's what the indictment alleges, really. Um, and to respond to that indictment by saying, well, if you come after me, I'm going to come after you, clearly meaning, you know, the Justice Department and the governor, uh, the government, excuse me, of the United States, um, you know, so that's a direct threat to democracy. I think the, the sad part is we're used to it from him, uh, but we've got to be really careful not to be uh, because we're not out of the woods yet. The threat to American democracy is by no means over. Um, and he's doing this, uh, I think, in large part in an attempt to stir up you know, a base that he's, he's pretty effectively radicalized, um, which is something we should talk about. But but this is uh, we talk about institutions and threats to institutions. Uh, but, you know, when you boil that down, what does that really mean? You know, he's trying to rile a bunch of people up potentially violently against a sitting federal judge who's trying him for trying to overthrow American democracy. Well, that's the thing. It's not just ranting into the wind. It is a former president with a radicalized base that has proven it will resort to violence if it doesn't get its way. And he is he is provoking them. It is a threat with teeth. Definitely. And, and this is what happens when you get too far down the, the radicalization chain, right? Which is kind of a fancy way of saying, I mean, you can imagine you got a family member, right? And they tell you about this new friend. And the new friends got them convinced they can't trust anybody. They can't trust the banks. They can't trust you. They can't trust, the guy can't trust his wife anymore. Only only the friend, right? And then the friend starts asking for money. And then the friend starts telling you to break the law for the friend. If, if you're lucky, you're dealing with a con artist. If you're less likely, you're talking about somebody who's on their way into a cult or somebody who's on their way into a terrorist organization. I mean, if you see this in your normal life, you know, it rings every alarm bell at that could go off. You know, now we're talking about the political version of this with a sizable percentage of the American population. Um, there's nothing funny or or harmless about that. It's extremely dangerous. You know, we've already seen people get killed, and we've already seen the Capitol be invaded and all kinds of other things. So we're pretty far down a dangerous road. Um, and I, I think. Unfortunately, the former president has demonstrated that there's just about nothing he won't do in his own self-interest. 
And if he feels like he's facing prison, uh, you know, I'm sure the violent sacrifice of other people, never him, it is something that he's willing to consider. Well, you mentioned the money piece, which is an interesting facet of all this. And people who study cults, that's always a really clear tell. And we are learning now that so much of the money that is flowing into the Trump official campaign coffers is actually for the president, the former president and his family's personal gain for his legal defense. How does that factor in? It's classic, you know, and, it, you know, it's a, it's another version of the con. Then you convince all these people that to, to buy the big lie and, and then you fleece them uh, to to put it kind of indelicately. Um, and we've seen that we saw this with the with the former president's campaigns previously, uh, but that was mostly about enriching others around him or ad firms that would take huge amounts of money, uh, you know, from his supporters or people who were pretending to build a border wall that they never built with with donor money. Um, but this is straight up, you know, going to supporters to, you know, asking for help with a reelection campaign and then putting almost all that money into legal bills to, to try to keep himself out of prison. Um, you know, and he's going to the same people. A lot of the people that he's going to for money or their families are the same kind of people that, that ended up in jail for him on January 6th. Uh, you know, hasn't really lifted a finger to help them either. So it's, it's not a relationship that's going to pay you back if you go break the law or give your hundred dollars to this guy. Um, but it does fit. It fits a classic pattern of everything from terrorist organizations and extremist organizations, to, as you mentioned, cults and, and other things. Beyond making people aware of the the fraud and the provocations, is there anything that that the government can do, that the DOJ can do? Do you have any faith in a protective order uh, or any type of ruling from uh, from from a judge from the bench restraining his impulse to lash out and provoke his his most violent followers? Can anything stop him? I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, he, he is now dealing with the criminal justice system, and that has real teeth. Uh, you know, a, a, a lot of people have have gotten very quickly to the find out stage of that game. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you can go to jail, you can be held in contempt. Uh, a lot of things can happen, um, and nobody's above that. Not even a former president. Nobody's above the law, right? So, on the one hand. Um, there are a lot of tools, and I, I think, you know, I'm so far very impressed by the way the Justice Department and the Attorney General have kind of played this right down the middle, you know, done a very professional job um, and, and not played politics. Um, and I, I think we can expect to see that, but we can also expect to see some very savvy and some very tough prosecution from them on this. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, it, it is difficult in some ways to restrain the political activity of a former president with a following like this, especially a following that, you know, has a demonstrated capacity for violence. Uh, that, that's a serious challenge. And I'm sure that factors into the way that the Justice Department is thinking about handling this because, you know, they're trying to avoid uh, stressing American democracy to the breaking point. At the same time, they're trying to defend it. Very, very difficult line to walk. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on the rest of us. Um, you know, it can't just be um, the Justice Department and, and the men and women that, that work there that make this work. I mean, the, the rest of us have got to, as many of us are, you know, do our part to uphold and, and, and put the counterweight on, on the Democratic 
you know, nation that we live in try to try to protect those institutions. They're only as strong. I mean, we're all sick of saying this through the Trump years. But the institutions are only as strong as as the support they receive from the rest of us. Hey, everyone, if you've been watching this show, you've already heard me mention our sponsor, Storied Hats. Thanks to all of you who've already bought one. You know they are top quality hats made in fair trade facilities with sustainable materials. I've got a great new offer for listeners of this show. If you get one hat, it's 15% off. And if you get a second hat, that one is 50% off. Check them out. Get a great hat or two and support both our show and a small business that is doing its part for the planet. Thanks. That's right. I do think we are in new territory, given that there are are criminal cases. One of the really frustrating things about the civil cases is that, like Fox News, the former president was just willing to pay the price uh, because it was other people's money. You had the defamation case, upwards of $5 million, and he wrote the check with, with other people's money and went and defamed Gene Carroll again a couple nights later. A criminal case is different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Criminal, the criminal situation is the criminal justice is very different. Um, it, it's not, you know, you, the analogy you could use, you imagine a, a, a factory that's polluting and, you know, they keep paying the, the civil penalties and putting the cancer causing chemicals in the ground uh, right up until they're charged criminally, in which case, you know, the CEO might go to jail and the factory might get shut down. It's a completely different ballgame. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. But we are in new territory with a former president of the United States and, and someone who's willing to call others to his defense. Um, but, the, you know, I, I think I just want to point out the the kind of classic cowardice in that, right? I mean, he's facing potential consequences that will affect him personally. He might have to see the inside of a jail cell if he's convicted. And his response to that uh, seems to across the board be, to try to encourage other people to see the inside of a jail cell or worse first. You know, that's, that's not leadership. That's something a lot, a lot worse. For sure. I want to switch gears really quickly because I'd love your take on the curricula coming out of Florida with PragerU being approved to provide teaching materials uh, in, in elementary schools. Uh, let's roll a quick clip here. Slavery is as old as time and has taken place in every corner of the world, even amongst the people I just left. Being taken as a slave is better than being killed, no? Before you judge, you must ask yourself, what did the culture and society of the time treat as no big deal? I'm certainly not okay with slavery, but the Founding Fathers made a compromise to achieve something great, the making of the United States. It was America that began the conversation to end it. But Leo is correct that big problems need to be approached very carefully. Have you kids heard of William Lloyd Garrison? No. Nope. He's an abolitionist like me. And he and I used to be friends, but we aren't any longer. We don't agree how to solve problems. William refuses all compromises, demands immediate change, and if he doesn't get what he wants, he likes to set things on fire. Sounds familiar. Sounds like you know the type. Yeah, we've got that type in our time. What do you make of some of these? Uh, I don't. I don't even know what to call them because they're not history lessons. They're you know 
complete warpings of history of, of Frederick Douglass, of, of Christopher Columbus and his, his justification of, of slavery. And this is being packaged in cartoons, literally, and fed to kids on Governor Ron DeSantis's watch. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm appalled, right? Obviously, it, it, it's kind of beyond parody. I mean, the idea that you would have Frederick Douglass, of all people, talking about, well, the founding fathers, you know, made a good compromise on this and slavery was fine for another hundred years. I mean, this is the man, my favorite Douglas quote is that there's no struggle, there's no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and depreciate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters, right? I mean, that's, that's the man himself. Uh, to, to put him in a cartoon justifying uh, you know, the constitutional definition of African-Americans is three-fifths of a human being. Uh, it's it's obviously inaccurate. It's perverse, uh, you know, and it's essentially shoveling racist propaganda at defenseless kids. Um, the fact that this is a matter of public policy, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, you know, you're talking about radicalization via cartoons. Uh, it, it's not public education. It's something a lot worse than that. Um, and, and we see, you know, in our international work can, we see that countries that, that do this, that, that choose to essentially bury the tough parts of their history instead of dealing with them, honestly, continue to suffer the consequences for as long as they do that. Um, you know, it's, you, you got to bring this thing, these things out and honestly deal with them. It's long overdue in the United States. It weakens us terribly as a nation. Uh, and, and we can learn a lot from countries that have had the courage uh, to, you know, Rwanda especially and others that, that have had the courage to, to have these conversations honestly, deal with them and move on. And the sooner we do that uh, and, and stop brainwashing our kids with crappy cartoons uh, full of lies, um, I think the stronger we'll be as a country and, and, and it really help protect us against you know, threats from within. And, and attempts to divide us from without. I agree. Well, Mike, you have been, as the leader of Human Rights First, on the front lines of driving those conversations in places like Rwanda. Shocking to, to be at a point where we're talking about having to force those kinds of reckonings uh, here in, in the U.S., given the attempts to erase that history. But that's where we are. Thanks for, for being in the trenches with us. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it.